Welcome back to the Kennedy Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Allison, and we are back for the first episode after the cocktails and clam chowder extravaganza. I hope you guys enjoyed that. If you have not watched it yet, go watch it on YouTube. I will put a link to watch it in the description of this episode, or it's posted as the last episode on all the podcast apps. So enjoy that. But here we are, fresh new chapter on to episode 101. Very excited. Bear with me a little bit today. I am a little under the weather. We have had craziness in my house for, honestly, the past month. It's been nonstop busy, busy, busy. And then we got sick. And then there was school. And then there was travel. And there was this and that and the other. And now I'm a little sick again because my kid brought something home from school. So, yeah, it's it's been a lot. Bear with me. Like I said, I will try not to sound like I'm dying this entire time. I'm not. But my voice sounds like I am. This is going to be a really fun episode, and I'm really excited to get into it. But before that, we'll do our segments. First up is our In the News segment. Big news story of the past seven days. Okay, so there wasn't really much news on the Kennedy family front that I could find, but I did read an article that I found really interesting called U.S. Political Dynasties Are in Decline. That's something to celebrate. And this is from the Washington Post. It's an op-ed by Jonathan Bernstein. And I just thought it was a really good, interesting read. Um, And obviously the Kennedy family is mentioned in it, along with a bunch of other U.S. political dynasties. So Google that and look it up and read it if you're interested. I just think it's worth the read. Now for our inspiring clip of the week. One of the inspiring notes. So on August 28th, it was the 59th anniversary of the March on Washington. And I'm pretty sure I've inserted clips from Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, but I don't think you can listen to it too much or enough. So I'm going to insert a clip from that speech, a pretty long clip because I just love it so much and I think it's obviously one of the most impactful and important speeches in modern history, if not history in general. So here is a clip in honor of the 59th anniversary. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creeds. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. That one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will they be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day, even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream. My four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. One day, down in Alabama, with its vicious racist, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification, one day right there in Alabama, a little black boy 
white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. Exalted. Every hill and mountain shall be made low, the rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is the faith that I go back to the South with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day with all of God's children be able to sing with new meaning my country tears of thee sweet land of liberty of thee i sing land where my fathers died land of the pilgrims pride from every mountainside let freedom ring and if america is to be a great nation this must become true and so let freedom ring from the prodigious hilltops of new hampshire let freedom ring from the mighty mountains of New York. Let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring and we can happen. When we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, free at last. And last but not least, our recommendation segment. Of course, then we would uh, recommend it. This is a really good recommendation for someone who is just now kind of dipping their toes in the Kennedy research world. Or if you haven't watched it in a long time and you just want to rewatch it, I'm probably going to rewatch it myself. It's JFK, The Making of a President. It's just a really good documentary about him and uh, check it out. All right, here we go. On to the episode. So this was actually not on my topics list until probably a week or two ago. I got a listener suggestion and it started with her sending me a song that I had never heard before called Glad I'm Not a Kennedy by Shona Lang. I may be mispronouncing that, forgive me. She said this was a fairly popular song where she is from and she suggested maybe 
looking into songs inspired by or mentioning the Kennedys. And I thought that's an excellent idea and also kind of fun and could insert some fun clips and maybe discover some music I had never heard before. So that's what this episode's going to be about. And when I started looking up songs that I even asked you guys on Instagram for some, if you're not following me on Instagram, follow at Kennedy Dynasty, and you can chat with me a lot and help me out with stuff for episodes just like you guys did with sending in songs that I had never heard before. I found a lot that way and also did my own research and also knew some, and the list was extensive. I fully planned on inserting clips for every single song, and that's literally not possible. So I've picked a few to insert clips and a few to explain the backstory of them and yeah hopefully you'll find some new music or learn something new today it's interesting because before I even really got interested in the history of the Kennedys I had heard and enjoyed many of the songs that they were a part of without even knowing it um it's crazy because not only is there a lot of past songs that are written about them or about a certain event in their lives, there's also a lot of modern songs that are usually more nods to them, like, aesthetically or stylistically. So an example of that is National Anthem by Lana Del Rey. And most people think of it as Kennedy-inspired because... Lyrically, there's a few things that you could tie if you stretched for sure, but the video is an obvious inspired by where she plays Jackie and she's got someone that plays Jack and it's based on them. That is a more modern take. Also, the video for Ariana Grande's positions is her dressing up as Jackie and whether you appreciate the nod to... Jackie especially in this context or not so much, that is up to your own opinions. Another modern take that I've talked about before and that we all know and love is Taylor Swift's Starlight. And this one is actually written directly based on Ethel and Bobby's love story. Because if we remember, Taylor and Connor Kennedy dated. Taylor has a very deep appreciation for the Kennedys and their history and formed a friendship with Ethel and um, was just inspired by their love story, wrote the song. We all know it. We all love it. I'll insert a clip right here. me up late one night out the window we were 17 and crazy running wild wild can't remember what song it was playing when we walked in the night we snuck into a yacht club party pretending to be a duchess and a prince and i said oh my Then there's a different take on some of the songs that I'm listing where it just lists their names or a nod and it's not fully inspired by them as a whole. And a good example of that is Mama's Broken Heart by Miranda Lambert. So I'm going to insert a clip from that song here. I wish I could be just a little less dramatic like a Kennedy when Camelot went down in flames. Leave it to me to be holding the matches when the then I'm going to go on and list the songs that are ones that I've covered on the show or Ryan's brought up on the show that we know and love, and that would be PT 109 by Jimmy Dean. There's Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond, If I Can Dream by Elvis. All of those, I've talked about their history and have played them multiple times. 
The Kennedys also infiltrated theater. We all think of Camelot, but Camelot the show actually came before because Jackie Kennedy nodded at Camelot in the Life article after the assassination. But songs that were actually written about the Kennedys for theater is Something Just Broke from Assassins by Stephen Sondheim and... Bobby and Jackie and Jack from Merrily We Roll Along, which I'm going to play a clip of that because it's just a really fun song. There's Bobby and Jackie and Jack, and Mary is more in the back. There's Ethel and Teddy and Pat alone, plus Eunice and Peter and Jean and Joel. And what's his name? Stephen. And hold the phone, the one in the army. One in the army? Captain Major. Sergeant. That's it. So many cards in the pack. You want to know how to keep track? Well, one is good-looking and young and rich, while one is good-looking and young and rich. The rest are good-looking and young and rich. There isn't a lot that they lack. Not Bobby and Jackie and Jack and Ethel and Ted and Eunice and Pat and Joe and Steve and Peter and Jean and Sarge. There's probably dozens of others at large. God knows. And Joe and Rose. There's certainly a few more that I could mention here. And I'm telling you, I'm not going to cover every single song ever that mentions the Kennedys because that would be a five hour long episode. So feel free to do your own research and stuff. But now I'm going to move into songs, even though I've mentioned a few already that that have to do or mention something about the assassination. But there was a big wave of songs and still is written about the assassination and how sad it was or an artist's feelings about it and how devastating it was for the country or things like that. The one that probably comes to most of our minds when we think about that is Murder Most Foul by Bob Dylan. And this was actually a recent release in 2020. I would say that's one of the most recent ones written, probably, about the assassination. At least the ones that I'm going to list. Also, I cannot have this podcast without mentioning Public Enemy Number 1 by Eminem. I will insert a clip of that one here. Like the day that John F. Kennedy was assassinated in broad day by that crazed lunatic with a gun who just happened to work on the same block in the library book depository where the president would go for a little Friday stroll. Okay, now I want to actually give some backstory to some of the songs that were written honoring JFK. And so I was trying to figure out which ones to actually give full descriptions of. And I found, luckily, a Rolling Stone article that perfectly put them together for me. So I was really glad to find this article. And a lot of these are very popular songs. So Born in the 50s by The Police actually describes how Sting's mom reacted to the news of President Kennedy's death. Sting very much loved his mother, and he said, My mother cried when President Kennedy died, and that's how the song came to be. Next up is Brain of Jay by Pearl Jam. Now, according to Rolling Stone, after JFK's autopsy, his brain was placed in a container and secured in a locker at the National Archives. But three years later, his secretary, Evelyn Lincoln, discovered that the brain and other autopsy materials were missing, which gave conspiracy theorists affirmations that a cover-up was at work and gave Pearl Jam's Mike McCready a memorable first line, who's got the brain of JFK. By the way, I need to do an episode on that. I'm going to put that on my list right now because that is pretty crazy. I thought this one was pretty interesting. He was a friend of mine by the Birds. So Rolling Stone says that in late 1963, the Birds lead guitarist Robert McGuinn rewrote the traditional folk song as a eulogy to the fallen leader. While the line, from the sixth floor window, a gunner shot him down, suggested that Lee Harvey Oswald was a lone assassin, the bandmate David Crosby had a different opinion than him. Just before the band performed this at the Monterey Pop Festival in 1967, Crosby told the audience he was not killed by one man. He was shot from a number of different directions. 
possession by different guns. The story has been suppressed, witnesses have been killed, and this is your country. But then it was later rumored that the rant that Crosby gave prompted the other band members to give him the boot. But he said years later that the band had really just drifted apart. Now, this next one I'm sharing wasn't written based on the Kennedys, but the meaning behind it and the feeling behind it changed after the assassination. Um, The Beach Boys' Warmth of the Sun was actually written right before they heard the news about JFK. And they loved the song. They said it was magical. They had just written the song and they knew it was great. And then they heard the news. Because the writing of the song and the assassination happened so closely together, Warmth of the Sun to them took a completely different mood and feeling when they performed it or when they talked about it or sang about it. So yeah, it was forever changed due to the horrible news. Next up is one called Sympathy for the Devil by the Rolling Stones. This article says that the Stones learned of Kennedy's death backstage at the British TV show Ready, Set, Go, which featured the band for the second time on November 22, 1963. Five years later, Mick Jagger, partly inspired by French poet Charles Baudelaire, began writing a song in which the devil brags about the nasty deeds that he's committed. The line, I shouted out, who killed Kennedy, was changed to who killed the Kennedys because JFK's brother Robert was assassinated during the song's recording. I watch the glee while you kings and queens fall for ten decades for the god they made. I shouted out who killed the Kennedys when after all it was you and me. Oh, I don't think I mentioned this one earlier, but obviously Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire. I've played that a million times in the show and it has nods to the Kennedys for sure. A really popular one is Jackie's Strength by Tori Amos. Amos, um, it's one of those. This was inspired because she picked up a paperback about Jackie and it had pictures of her on her wedding day and then on the next page, their most tragic day. Tori said within just a turn of a page, it was like the beginning of a dream of a life with your love and then the next page, it was all over. I'm going to play a clip of that one here. Now, I've got a lot more that I could share, but the last one I'm going to share is Phil Ock's Crucifixion. On a shuttle from Washington, D.C. to New York, he began singing this folk song with lyrics about JFK's fall, and as he did, Robert Kennedy, who was sitting near the back of the two-thirds empty plane, began to cry, suddenly realizing the song was about his brother, according to the documentary Robert F. Kennedy, A Memoir. So, I know that obviously took a turn and got kind of sad and depressing, but it does show how much the Kennedys obviously impacted music and, as I always say, our culture in general, because I took you kind of through 
all these horrible, sad assassination songs and how the nation was mourning and songwriters were mourning. But then also we go all the way up to modern takes like Taylor Swift's Starlight and moments in music videos that Jackie has emulated. And if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. It shows just one more avenue that the Kennedys are still so relevant and still inspiration for songwriters and their legacy continues to transcend time. That's all I've got today. I know it was a little bit different of an episode than usual. I thought it'd be a fun little one to kind of look at all of those. By the way, I'm going to compile all of these songs later this week into a playlist. So make sure you're following me on Instagram so you'll know when that playlist is posted. And I will update the description of this episode too when I finally make it and put the link to download the playlist there. And I'll have more songs too that I didn't mention. I know that I left some out, guys. That was intentional. I couldn't have gotten to all of them. So um, I'll have more and it'll be an open playlist so that the more I find, the more we can add in. Make sure you are subscribed so you don't miss when a new episode comes out. I've got a lot of stuff in the works for the next 100 episodes, guys. So it's going to be a fun journey, and I'm so glad that you are joining me on it. Make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter so you keep up with all the fun things happening. There's a link in the description of this episode to sign up for the newsletter now. Rate us five stars, and please write a positive written review. It helps me more than you know, and it's one of the best possible ways that you can support the show, and I really, really appreciate when you guys take the time to do that. Already working on a cool episode for next week, and I'll even talk to you guys a little bit about my trip to Paris, if that gives you a nod to what the episode's going to be about. I'll be able to share some of my experiences while I was there tied in with the episode, so I'm excited to talk to you guys about that. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you soon. Come on and vote for Kennedy, vote for Kennedy, keep America strong. Kennedy, he just keeps rolling up. The Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War, but half a century earlier, the United States was locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World, an American history podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains, will discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show.